question posed here is who wrote the book of Hebrews? And I have no knowledge on this topic, so I'm going to be the one learning on this yeah. discussion. But to be quite honest, I was always told it was Paul. Yeah. Um, yeah. For so was I for a long time. As long as I've known. And My Bible actually says. That would be a good says, thing, too, to have somebody who's kind of uninitiated in it. Yeah. And say, well, now, what about this? Why, why, why were we always taught that? Why was it, you know? Yeah, because, well, you, know, you mentioned something on the last time that we were together. And you said, I've been taught, and I'm paraphrasing, but you said, I've been taught so many things that I am going back and question. And yeah. I, I thought it very, one, insightful, but two, very st startling for a pastor who's been, who's had a good name and testimony for a long time to say, wow, I'm questioning. Yeah so much of what I've been taught. Sure. Um, that, that, that threw me for a loop when you yeah. said that. Yeah. Um, and, and so this is one of those factors of, okay, I've been told it was Paul. Yeah. That'd be good. I think, I think that'd be a good way to approach it. You know, I was taught this way, but I've discovered there's real likelihoods and possibilities. That's not true. And what uh, are those, what are those likelihoods and possibilities? Well, first of all, in the uh are we recording now oh absolutely oh <laughs> you're lying. i'm sorry okay so the welcome to the new podcast now. there you go <laughs> sorry <laughs> i gotta stay close to the mic here so in in one of the apostle paul's letters uh and i think it was ephesians mm -hmm. wasn't it that he said uh he signed the letter and he testified in that letter uh, that I always sign my letters. He made that statement. I always, you know, you always find my signature on my epistles. Okay. And so that, if that is indeed a policy of the Apostle Paul, right. then we have an immediate problem because no one signed Hebrews. And if you look at the style of Hebrews from top to bottom, it does not have either in English or in Greek. It does not have the style of the Apostle Paul. Whoever wrote Hebrews was bright. I'm not saying that Paul was not, uh, but Paul's testimony was he said he said, um, "I don't speak with the wisdom of men." Right. You know, I, I am in the Apostle Paul's writings, like Galatians, the one that we the ones that we know for sure that he did write. Um, he was very plain. Um, almost to the point of being uh, someone who spoke in the language of a common... A brutalist. So right. Yeah. Very much so. Very confrontational. So Hebrews just absolutely is not that way. Hebrews was written by someone who was wordy, articulate, and Paul testified that that's not me. I just am not that kind of a writer or that kind of a speaker. He had the power to be. But he did not use that kind of kind power. It's kind of funny, Paul being one of the most a Jew among Jews, right? right. To, to to forsake that and say no, exactly. He uh, exactly. He didn't exactly. even open the letter no. like he normally does either. No, normally true. he'll say like true. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Right. Um, he he didn't do that. So I'm just one. I'm just going to go say to start it off just for our listeners in Hebrews one. He opens up the whoever wrote this in Hebrews chapter one. It says God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. And he goes on and on and on Almost and gives this. Similar to like John. 
Right. Very much so. Very much so. Okay. So if you compare that, that's Hebrews chapter 1. If you compare that to the books that we know Paul wrote, in Romans 1.1, he says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God. If you jump to 1 Corinthians 1.1, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother. If you jump to 2 Corinthians 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy. If you jump, and I'm just going to keep keep going here a little bit just to make the point, Galatians, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Ephesians, same story. Ephesians 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. In Philippians, same story, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ. In Colossians, same thing. In 1 Thessalonians, same thing. In 2 Thessalonians, same thing. He just goes on and on and on and on with these uh, signatures early in the letters that he wrote. And so if his witness is true, which is that he signs every letter that he writes, why didn't he sign Hebrews? So there's the linguistic aspect that I think proves that he didn't write it. Uh, I, this is what I've told people. I'm not 100% sure who wrote it, but I'm 100% sure who didn't write it. I just do not believe. I don't have any evidence or any reason to believe that the Apostle Paul uh, wrote the book of Hebrews. But like you, Brother Jay, I, I was down through the years just... I would hear preachers open their Bible to the book of Hebrews, and then they would say, Paul said, and then they would start reading their text. And so I just took for granted for many, many years that the Apostle Paul wrote Hebrews, but it's not supported in Scripture. Yeah. After we um, after we finished the Greek class in, in uh, Bible college, um, a friend of ours actually um, and I were discussing this, and I was just telling him how I just don't see similar phrases that Paul says, um, even in, in English, I don't see similar phrases um, that he would use um, in his other books, like um, how he would he would always mention brethren, certain people by names. Hebrew, the only names they mention are the people of faith. Um, but he he gave me a list actually, and that and this is what he's making his argument that he thinks it is Paul. And that wrote it, and he's saying because of some of the verses at the end of chapter 13, um, he's, he sent me about four or five of the verses. Verse 18, where it says, Pray for us, for we are, um, for we trust we have a good conscience and all things willing to live and honest, to willing to live, to live honestly, honestly yeah. which Paul asked sometimes, very few times, but he did ask for them to pray for him. Um, he's talked about. He quoted 19. Paul, one of Paul's things he likes to say is, I beseech you. Mm-hmm. Um, he ta- he also said verse 20, now the God of peace that um, he quoted that one. He said, salute the brethren in verse 24. Grace be with you in 25. And then the mentioning of Timothy by name. These are his argument points is why he thinks it's Paul. So what do you, what do you think about that? Okay. So that closing chapter, chapter 13 of Hebrews, is what's in in suspicion here. So we have this chapter where uh, only one name is used, and that's Timothy. 
chapter 13, verse number 23, and he says, Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty with whom, if he comes shortly, I will see you. He called Timothy a brother there. Right. Paul was more accustomed to call Timothy his, his son. son. Yeah. And so whoever wrote this was now was Paul Timothy's brother? Yes. Was he was it possible that he could call Timothy brother? Yes. Did he do that customarily? No. Mm-hmm. Customarily he called him Timotheus my son or Timothy my son of the faith. So there's that. So if you it, just again if I could do a survey when I go to Romans 16, which is Paul's letter to the Romans, the closing chapter. He mentions Phoebe. He mentions Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, He mentions uh, Eponidas. He mentions those saints in Achaia. He mentions Mary. He mentions mentions Andronicus, Junia, my kinsman, he calls them in chapter 16, verse number 7. Amplius, chapter 16, verse 8. He mentions Urbane and Stachys. These are all Roman people, by the way. Apelles, uh, Aristobulus. So that's in Romans 16. Then if you go to uh, 1 Corinthians 16, uh, he starts talking about Galatia, which is a church that he most assuredly ministered in. And he talks about Macedonia, another region. Then he talks about Ephesus, he talks about some other places. He mentions Timotheus in that closing chapter. He mentions Apollos or Apollos, as some people uh, pronounce it, Stephanus. So here again, Paul calling people's names. If you go to 2 Corinthians, you're going to find something similar. If you go to, let's see here, I'm going to pick Philippians this time. If you go to Philippians chapter 4, um, he is closing, and he says, The brethren which are with with me greet you. He says, All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. And then that familiar term, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And so, uh, and he talks about Epaphroditus in the closing. So the point I'm trying to make here, it did not open like one of Paul's letters because he did not give that opening verse, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, servant of Jesus Christ, so on and so forth. It did not close like one of the Apostle Paul's uh, epistles because it does not close with a list of names and citations of friendships and people and co-laborers and all of these kinds of things. So it just does not match the Apostle Paul. And uh, uh, you know that mention of Timotheus there is, I think, a an arbitrary mention. You know, anyone could have been a brother to Timothy. But there's only one person who's a father to Timothy, and that's the Apostle Paul, it's kind father of in the faith. Thinking of it in a mundane way, Paul's writings are directly responsive to issues plaguing the church at the time. Right. right? He's, he's, he's doing his due diligence as a, an on-site coordinator, uh, on-the-ground coordinator, shooting out directives, sending out letters, you know, sending people with, po- you know, basically sending out postcards. Right. Hey, this is Paul. I'm here right now. The, you know, this is my name. This is who I am. This is why I'm to have, you know, respect. But Hebrews is a deep theological dive. Yes, it is. From somebody who's not addressing like, oh, this is an issue at this specific church. No, it's right. the, the ending of it is, oh, the the brothers in Italy right. greet you. Right. But and and additionally, on top of that, brother Jay, it's an excellent point. But on top of that, what 
was or what ethnic background was the Apostle Paul's specialty? It was not the Hebrews. Right. He is the apostle to the Gentiles. Right. So you get Galatia, you get right. Colossae, you get Thessalonica, you get Philippi, which are mostly Roman territories, mm-hmm. where, where there's a concentration, a few Jews, but a great concentration of Gentiles. So that matches the calling that God had given to the apostle Paul. Why would the apostle to the Gentiles be writing 13 extensive chapters to Hebrews in his in, in yeah because yeah I was about to say that he's a he's a Gentile preacher right and majority of the churches he wrote to were Gentile churches and if you look at some of the things he wrote about yeah. it, when he's writing about to and about Gentiles he's talking about circumcision yeah. over and over and over that subject is not yeah. singled out in the book of Hebrews also Paul had to constantly defend that he was an apostle right which he doesn't do in hebrews he does not right. do if he wrote hebrews he would have done that yeah he would have defended because he it. did that in almost every other letter because that was certainly being scrutinized by a lot of people yeah who were saying this man's not even an apostle you know this man you know he's not one of the original ones that jesus chose so why should we even if he wasn't defending it he still showed the verification of his apostleship by saying uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, he right. made them aware that Jesus called him, right. and that's not in Hebrews. No, not at all. No. What made me um, can be convinced actually on uh, Jude was when you were doing it on Wednesday nights, um, and and you mentioned that um, in verse three, where he was talking about that he was going to write unto them about the common of salvation, but that he actually wrote about. Um, contending for the faith which what book is that that's what hebrews does yeah right. hebrews talks so, about the faith so the that point to me is really kind of the mic drop point um as i stated earlier i don't i can't tell you for sure who wrote hebrews but i can tell you for sure who did not mm-hmm. I'm, I'm positive that the apostle paul did not write hebrews now i stand to be corrected if i'm wrong about that i would love to know it and hopefully this will engender some conversation, you know, in some of the comments or whatever. That's that's fine, you know. I'm not above correction. Um, so that leaves the discussion, if not Paul, then who? And the speculations have been Mark, as you suggested a moment ago, uh, Jay. Could it have been Mark? Others have suggested Luke because Luke was an educated physician. And it seems that the language of Hebrews would would match that more than the baser language of the Apostle Paul. Right. Uh, there's been several people who have suggested uh, different personalities. Um, to me, formulating an opinion has to be a lot, a lot more detailed than just saying, "Well, I think it could have been Peter. It could have been Mark. It could have been right." Uh, who was it? Probably. I love that word more than it could have been. Okay. okay. So probably Jude. Mm-hmm. That's where I lean. And the reason why is because, uh, as you brought up, Jeremy, in Jude, verse number three, Jude says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write in you of the common salvation, that was his original intention, huh. was to right. write of the common salvation. Okay. But he said, I saw something. You, know, you understand Jude is half-brother of Jesus, right? So he's seeing this stuff creeping into the church that's alarming, and he says, I found it more needful to write unto you to exhort you that you earnestly contend for the faith. So the 25 verses or so of the book of Jude 
are about earnestly contending for the faith and saving the faith from apostasy. But Jude's original thesis was going to be about common salvation. What are the 13 chapters of Hebrews about? The common salvation. I mean, it is so profound uh, what is said in this orphaned epistle of Hebrews. It's so profound that he's talking about a better priesthood, a better sacrifice, a better calendar, a better uh, ritual. Everything is better. Hebrews is the book of better things. Paul never talks about that stuff. You know, if you look at Paul, the what we would, might would call the redundancy of the Apostle Paul, for example, in Galatians, excuse me, in uh, Ephesians chapters five and six, he says, "Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, as unto the Lord. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Servants, be subject to your masters." Then you go to Colossians; he makes the exact same four points. With almost, I mean, almost verbatim, word for word, in Colossians he says, "Husbands love your wives; wives be in subjection to your, so on and so forth." And so, Paul was a redundant teacher, a redundant writer, mm-hmm. and some churches got epistles from him that very closely resembled epistles that had been sent to other churches because right. he would just kind of cover all of his bases. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So Hebrews is just not that. Mm-hmm. Hebrews is distinct. It is very unique. It is an outstanding document. None of that is in question here. You know, I mean, the book of Hebrews belongs in the Bible, and I am blessed beyond measure to have this as one of the books of the Bible. Uh, I just am am not persuaded at all by any stretch of the imagination that it was authored by the Apostle Paul. I think it was written very likely by Jude. Someone here I was reading online said that they think it could be Barnabas because he was a Levite and he knew the things that he would be speaking of specifically on those subjects. Barnabas, the name, Barnabas, son of of a rabbi, and so uh, son of of a father, Abba. Uh, so, yeah, I've heard that before. Uh, is it possible? Yes. But I think the greater possibility is Jude. Yeah. Uh, I'm not ruling out uh, Luke, not ruling that out at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the greater possibility is that if this is Jude's originally intended uh, letter about common salvation. Yeah. Uh, you know, go ahead. I was going to say, just as an outsider, with a lot of this stuff, I have to use my intuition. Yeah, I have to. I have to listen to what the Holy Spirit just rings true, right? Because we're given that we are given that. I I wholly believe that the Holy Spirit allows us to identify things that ring true to us. And I'm telling you, my my meter is just going off as you're talking about Jude because this isn't something I've ever brought up to either of you. But I love Jude. I've read. Oh, it's outstanding. More than I've read Jude and the early Genesis account so many times because that's my interest. I love the history of that because it's it's not the word, the esoteric word doesn't apply here. What we're talking about is histories that are uncommon, mm-hmm. uncommonly mentioned, which I get from Jude, but now with my with my understanding of Jude and my love of the book of Jude, now that I now that you mentioned Hebrews, um, I, that brings me to thinking about when Hebrews talks about Melchizedek. Right. 
And that just rings true immediately to me because this person who knew about Enoch and the person who knew about um, all of the uh, the angels leaving their first habitation yep. um, would have been hey that's another discussion we should unc- have yeah oh would have been uncannily aware of the order of Melchizedek yep so and and his Genesis illustrations yes. Jude's he talks about the angels which kept not their first estate he talks about in Jude seven seven Sodom and Gomorrah yep. He talks about, let's see, he goes down, he talks about Michael the Archangel, he talks about Moses, uh, which is an Exodus reference. prominently as well. Right. Those are all characters that are with Melchizedek. Those are all characters that are from those dispensations. Uh, Balaam is one that uh, is a little later, uh, but he uses these these, uh, these, uh, habitual... Old Testament illustrations, this is an apostate, this is apostasy, this is something in the Old Testament to be aware of. Here's another thing in the Old Testament to be a, to be aware of. And so uh, he uses that over and over. Then you go to Hebrews, it's almost the exact same thing, right. but it's in more thesis form, not in postcard form, mm-hmm. like the book of Jude is. And so I think it just matches and fits far more uh appropriately than assuming that the apostle paul yeah wrote hebrews another thing too that kind of um one thing i've become i've become very fascinated with is like the way that paul will say something sometimes in like the weirdest way kind of like what brother sexton was saying this morning like he there's sometimes paul says things and you're just like like uh, in ephesians one of the things that i still strikes me is when he says that he is least or he is less than the least of all saints yeah and but so and he Paul says these crazy sayings like that. But when I read Hebrews, yeah, I yep. feel more like and Hebrews. that's that base language that we're yeah, talking right. about. Right, Hebrews seems more sophisticated. It is. But Paul and I don't mean disrespect to Paul because Paul was an educated man. He was a smart man. No, he dumbed himself down. But he made he it yeah. so simple. because he knew he was going to Gentiles. Yeah, you know who are not, you know, versed in Hebrew grammar and tradition and all those right. things. Yeah. So weird sayings and in, in Paul's writings. Almost none in Hebrews. Paul's writings is basic. Right. Made for Gentiles, dumbed down a little bit, right? And then yeah. um, Hebrews is sophisticated. They're yeah. just two different writing styles. I'll give you the weakest argument that someone gave me to advocate that the Apostle Paul wrote Hebrews. I'll give you the weakest one I ever heard. Okay. Some people are really, really dialed in on this numerology thing. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if the numbers don't match, they're, you know, uh, they're hermeneutic, then they, they think it's a bad thing. So they avoid numbers like six. And another number that they avoid is 13 because oh. they think 13 is an unlucky number. So let's count the books, okay, that we know Paul wrote. Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. That's 13 books that we know Paul wrote. So this guy came to me and he said, no, 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 no. Paul had to write Hebrews because Paul wouldn't write an unlucky amount of books. You know, I bet that guy believes the Apocrypha. But there's 13 chapters. to the Bible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because of the Apocrypha know, 66 be, books in right. the Bible. And, and oh, we can't Which have is 66 double, books. Right. So we've got to add, you know. The yeah. book of Thomas or the yeah. book, you know, yeah. something like or, that. Or Maccabees or Judas or whatever, yeah. There's 13 yeah. chapters of Hebrews. 
So that kind of it, there you go. There you go. Goes against his point so, again. And, and plus, the the chapters are not inspired. Right. You know, I've 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 tried to drive this point home so many times. You can't start counting verses and counting chapters and saying, "Oh, look at right. this." You know, right. Uh, right. you know, because uh, now there are Old Testament occurrences of numerology that are significant. I'm not minimizing the importance right. of numerology. You know, for example, man was created on the sixth day, right. so therefore six is the number of man. Right? I get that. Uh, and God rested on the seventh day. So I, I, get, I get the numerology when it is permissible. But when you try to impose numerology into the argument of who wrote the book of Hebrews and say if Paul uh, did not write Hebrews, then Paul wrote 13 books. That's an unlucky number. I don't want him to be my apostle. Uh, so they add Hebrews as Paul's 14th book. It's just a, it's, it's a weak argument on its face, and uh, you know it does not you know account for the grammar it doesn't account for the the background the contents of the book um you know like i said i've just i've gone round and round with people on this uh but most people when i've discussed it with them the vast vast majority of people who who insisted that paul wrote hebrews when i asked them why they said well that's just what my teacher taught me or that's what my pastor believed uh so rudimentary gematria should not right proceed yes absolutely the, the bible absolutely oh my goodness absolutely even um even actually in this cambridge that i have it says that paul wrote it it's got paul the epistle of paul right the apostle so it's even yeah. put in Why? bibles who started this that's a good i don't question. know because i don't know now now you know, when coming at this from an outside observer, had no idea, had never thought of it. Maybe thought of it once or twice, but had been out of sight, out of mind. Um, now it's perfectly clear to me yeah. that I'm just sitting here like, yeah, there's no way, absolutely no way, because the, the writing styles are different. It, it it rings true to me that it's somebody else at the very least. Right. Here's, so yeah. why is this coming up now? Yeah. Like, why? Who who started this? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Uh, I think I don't know. You may be able to look this up quickly. I don't know, but I think C.I. Schofield uh, was one of the ones who suggested the authorship of the Apostle Paul. Don't hold me to that because I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, and C.I. Schofield is responsible for numerous doctrinal errors because people love his study Bible so much. There's some things that say, like the gap theory, there are things that C.I. Schofield that's, that's insisted. Crazy. There's another episode for us. Yes. Um, there are there are just so many things that C.I. Schofield suggested that, uh, and some of it, even some of his calendar is wrong, you know. So, and I'm not knocking on C.I. Schofield. I look forward to seeing him in heaven. He's got it all figured out now, I promise you that, you know. But mm. But my thing with Hebrews is the emphasis on the Old Testament, the emphasis on the priesthood. These are things that the Apostle Paul rarely talked yeah, about. He did not care about that. He just did not. This is In not fact, his he, specialty. He rejected his Judaism. He rejected that. Right. He was chief among Jews, and now he's chief right. among sinners. Right. Okay. Okay. No, I'm, I've, I've been convinced that it's not Paul. That's definitely, that's easy enough to see. It yeah. seems like everything I'm reading, um, peop, uh, I just typed in on Google who wrote Hebrews, and I looked at several articles, and the main point, the reason why people think he wrote Hebrews was because of the mentioning of Timothy. 
That's the, the main book. thing. That's the main thing. We'll That's exactly right. Name from the last episode, Timothy would have had a great name. He would have yeah. been known because Paul made it. So Paul was like, hey, treat Timothy well, right? That's why the books that Timothy were written were, hey, you know, you're not going to be treated well to start out with. Here's, I'm going to do my best to help you be treated well and to treat you with respect. And you yeah. have, you have something valuable to say. Right. And so Paul would have been doing his work in the back line, back on the backside. Cause Paul was one of the best PR guys in the business at the time. He, he did it for Philemon. He turned a, he turned a, a, a slave that should have been, uh, you know, punished and he, he restored it, made it whole through, right. simply through word of mouth. Yeah. Um, so Paul was one of those guys who, if, if he liked you, yeah. everybody knew about you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't. It, it's no small stretch to talk. But about think Timothy. about the complexity of this statement. Okay, Hebrews four fifteen and sixteen. Listen, we love this passage. We love the. Think about the complexity of this statement and ask yourself: Is this something that even remotely sounds like something the Apostle Paul would say? For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but as in all points, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That 15th verse is so complex. First of all, you have a double negative. I was going to say, say, Paul would have said something completely different. Absolutely. Paul would have, he would not have been so wordy and eloquent. So it says, the opening line, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. Simply stated, we have a high priest who is touched. And that's how Paul would have said it. He wouldn't have given the wordy... um, uh, linguistics fact, to that type of a statement. It. He would have enjoyed it because the high priest wasn't supposed to be infirm, right? Right. So Paul's, Paul was always, his his oratory style was that of the publican who would um, who would use yes. the contrast yes. to gain attention, right? So Paul would have said, yeah, we have a high priest who has been touched. Right. Whereas this writer is using the double negative, which a more civilized mind would enjoy the dissection of. Yeah. Right. The thing too is like everything in Hebrews, he's talking specifically just Jewish things. Yeah. But I mean, that's the whole point of Hebrew because it's to the Hebrews, but um, Paul hardly ever mentioned it. The only time I think I, I can remember him always mentioning something about Hebrews when he was dealing with circumcision yep. or yep. when he was trying to say that your faith, you're, because you were a descendant of Abraham, doesn't mean you're saved. That's the only thing I can think of that he would mention something about Old Testament stuff. You know, here's something I've never thought about and never pondered before, but the thought just occurred to me scrolling through some of this stuff, the name Aaron. Very important Old Testament name. Yeah. Right? Okay. Good name right there. Yes, it is a good name. So you have Aaron mentioned. I just want to do the survey here in Luke 1.5. Um where it's referring to Zacharias and Elizabeth, and she is con- she is uh, considered their daughter, one of the daughters of Aaron, yep. so she is of of priestly background. Then you have Acts seven forty, saying unto Aaron, "Make us gods to go before us," which is the account of the golden calf being repeated in the New Testament. 
And then the name Aaron is not used again until Hebrews 5. Guess yeah. what's between Acts and Hebrews 5? Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, right. and Titus, and Philemon. That's, that's the 13 letters of the Apostle Paul. And the name Aaron is not mentioned in 13 opportunities that he had to talk right. about Aaron. Why would he bring it up in Hebrews if he didn't mention it in 13 other epistles? It just, The linguistics, the references, the illustrations, the style, none of it seems to match the the writing of the Apostle Paul. And so, you know, I've made my argument. I'm not going to keep hashing this thing up. I read it. I'm reading the end of 13, um, and this might be something. Um to, or in, in verse 22, And I beseech you, brethren, suffer the words of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in few words. Hmm. Yeah. So Which, what would be the few word letters? The only the, I know the shortest letter of Paul was Philemon, right? Philemon. That's the shortest. But would that mean Jude? Was Jude, was Jude written before Hebrews? If we're thinking it's Jude. I think in order for it to be, uh, for, for my... Uh, argument to be supported, Jude would have had to have been written first, yeah, and then Hebrews afterwards. Well, that's so that would be right there then. Right. That's what he said. I, w- I was going to write to you about salvation. I want to, but <laughs> I'm, I'm having a whole lot of fun here, guys. Okay. Yeah. I want to throw this out again. Aaron, not mentioned in 13 of Paul's yeah. books. How about the word priest, which is a common theme in Hebrews? All right. So here we go. Let's start. It's mentioned in Matthew, Mark. It is mentioned in Luke. It is mentioned in John. It is mentioned in Acts. Priest, 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 priest. And then when you get to the end of the book, the last time it's mentioned in Acts is 25-2, and it talks about a high priest. And then it's not mentioned again until guess when? Hebrews. So Paul, in that 13-letter section of the New Testament, never mentions Aaron, never mentions the priesthood. And then we come to Hebrews 2, and the priesthood is being emphasized. Then you've got it in Hebrews 2, Hebrews 3, Hebrews 4, twice in Hebrews 4, twice in three, four, five, three times in Hebrews 5, Hebrews 6, Hebrews 7, Hebrews 7 several times, Hebrews 7, Hebrews 7, Hebrews 7, Hebrews 8, Hebrews 9, Hebrews 10, Hebrews 13. So virtually every single section of the book of Hebrews, he's talking about either Aaron or the priesthood. I'm just telling you, it's not Paul mm-hmm. writing this book. It just cannot be. And And again, I stand to be corrected. I hate to be dogmatic about something, but... I am just absolutely positively not convinced. In fact, in Bible college, I, I did a trick question on one of my exams um, and uh, and tried to trick the students into saying the wrong thing about the authorship of Hebrews. And nearly every student caught it, but one uh, particular student of mine, he caught it and brought it to my attention. He said that was a dirty, dirty trick he tried to play there, trying to make us think that Paul wrote Hebrews. And so I've tried, I've really diligently tried to, to teach people that Paul didn't write Hebrews. I'm just that convinced. That just blows me away because there's so many assumptions. And I, it, it's 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 startling for me to say that because my reputation <laughs> testimony <laughs> yeah. has been one that I do question. I mean, I don't believe anything. Mo- 
most things that I've, I've been told, I don't believe I have to do some research on, and I usually come to an opposite conclusion. Um, salva- that's why salvation is so poignant for me, is yes. because I, it rings true in my spirit. Mm-hmm. Rings true every single time. Um, but what you're talking about here just simply causes me to do some self-reflection in terms of the assumptions that I've had because I've been taught those things. So yeah. how important yeah. is it that this information, you know, what's what's the practical benefit here? Right. Uh, well, you could. You could ascribe some, some the Jew to Hebrews and, and make the connection there and use it to augment your preaching. But what's the practical connection? Eh, well, we want to know what's true. Yeah. That's the practical connection. Now, right. Now I know something that I believe to be true was a falsity. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not going to say that again. I want my speech to be edifying. Bingo. I want it to be true. I want it to be right. So that's that's the practical application of this for me is saying, okay, yeah. now I know. Yeah. So exactly. I will not live in ignorance. I will not walk in darkness. Exactly. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm super psyched to see it. And it actually yeah. allows me to now cross-reference between Jude and Hebrews as yeah. the same writer. Yeah, I think it's the same writer, brother. I'm telling you. But also, yeah. if you think about it, too, like, you know, like hermeneutics wise, like one thing that's good with your hermeneutics is in studying is knowing the author. Yes. And so this kind of, even though we don't know who the author is, kind of opens up a little bit of what we know that it can't be Paul because of this seems yeah. totally different. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, if we don't know who wrote Mein Kampf, we, we're liable to take <laughs> instruction from that book. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, then you say, "Oh, wait a minute! That was written by Adolf Hitler." Yeah. Like, oh, never mind. Yeah. You know, <laughs> now, uh, that's a that's a pretty crude illustration here, right? But at the same time, when you're talking about Hebrews, uh, first of all, the name. Yeah. Okay. The the title Hebrews. Um, someone who is respected among the Hebrews is going to have to be the author of this. And I'm just telling you that was not Paul. He was hated. Yeah, yeah. By the general body of Jews, <laughs> he was the guy name. that would stand up against them. Yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah. He was he was constantly in their face, you know. But you know the exercise that I did earlier about uh, Aaron and priesthood or priest, uh, not in Paul's writings. Listen to this word glorified. This is the total reverse of it now. Okay, so glorified is used in Romans. Paul's letter, Romans, 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 Galatians, 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. Uh, constantly in Paul's writings, the word glorified is used. Then when you get to Hebrews, it's only mentioned one time. It's only mentioned one time. So the words that Paul was accustomed to using are not used in Hebrews. The words that are common and frequent in Hebrews, Paul never used them. I'm just telling you, these uh, these don't match. It just, it just absolutely does not pair well with uh, saying that the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. There's a very specific word for, or a set of words for what we're doing right here, and I can't remember what it's called. I've been looking it up the entire time we're talking, trying to yeah. figure it out. But I, it, it, it has relevance to do when a something is, is accused of being a forgery, and you bring in an expert, and they look at the t- type of painting that is was used like oh somebody has a van gogh so they go okay this is a person is an expert in van goghs they come in they're like this paint the way this is painted isn't correct 
Yeah. Right. What we're doing is breaking down the syntax and verbiage exactly of said book in English. Exactly. I'm sure that you could find a much more startling contrast. Oh, and if you look the at the Greek. original languages, yeah. it's even more convincing. As as I am not a learned scholar in Greek, I'll leave that to you. Yeah. But I, I find that extraordinary that even in our English translation, the, the it's clear. differences are startling and vast. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are you know, really doing some of the same things that we're doing. They're starting to look back on things that were just handed to them as a matter of fact. You know, uh, Paul wrote Hebrews. You know, here's, or uh, Melchizedek was Jesus or whatever, you know. Right. When this stuff is just handed to someone and you just kind of drink the, the, you know, drink the Kool-Aid, uh, but then later you're like, well, wait a minute. You know, and by the way, there's things that were handed to me that were so wrong that it hurt my walk with Christ. Yeah. This is not one of them. No. This is not something that's going to hurt your walk. If you believe Paul wrote Hebrews, we can still fellowship. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is is those things that were very hurtful to me uh came from the same sources as people that told me that the apostle Paul wrote Hebrews and that's what made me have to step back and say, "Well, if they're wrong about that. If they're wrong about this big thing, you know, maybe I should put this under the microscope about the authorship of Hebrews also." You know. That's where I was saying earlier about what rings true in your spirit is important because my, right. my walk with Jesus Christ comes first and foremost, right? Nothing is going to shake that. It's that primal knowledge that all know that there is a creator. No matter how much you believe yourself to be uplifted enough to say that there's not, all know from lowest to greatest that there is a creator. I know that Jesus Christ is inside the Holy Spirit is in me and right. that spirit gives me and, and that spirit also before I had that spirit I knew that I was a sinner yeah right? that's that's why my salvation there's been many times with it, uh, that I questioned but at the at the end of the day it came down to no I I'm saved I know I'm saved. right because right. you just know it, it's there it, it that that salvation is there and, and and coming to this says okay I may have known something wrong. I may have been led down a wrong path, but praise God. Yeah. Because I don't believe that anymore. Right. Praise the Lord that the, he, he, he shines light in yes. darkness. Yeah. And there's growth. Yeah. You know? It would be, it'd I be mean, boring if, the, if I, I didn't have this conversation. I'd just keep believing that Paul. Yeah. Right? I mean, there may, be, there may be other participants in conversations like this. If they participated with us, they may say, well, I really don't care who wrote Hebrews. You know, I was just like, thinking that. It's kind of like, it's kinda like, the same, it's kinda like the same person who says, well, I don't care when the church started. I'm just glad it started. I get that. Yeah. I totally get that. But sometimes when it comes to preaching and teaching, detail is what separates the men from the boys. And being able to uh, – there are conditions of, of times when people point a finger at us and say, well, you're just ignorant. You don't even know who wrote your own Bible. You don't even know who wrote your own epistles. Right. And uh, being able to look at people and say, well, actually, you know, I've, uh, I've done some extensive research on this, and I'm pretty confident, you know, the Apostle Paul is the – uh, is not the the writer of the book here, uh, but ra- it would rather be understood as being written by Jude or Mark or Luke or someone else, maybe even Peter. You mm-hmm. know, possibly. 
I mean, yeah. when Peter got his, when <laughs> he Peter, yeah, yeah. I mean, when he when, when he got his tongue in neutral and his mind in gear, you know, Peter was pretty <laughs> doggone good. The first and second epistles of Peter is actually pretty good. They are good, you know, pretty good stuff. You know, I think uh, I, I think if there are listeners who think this conversation's pointless, I I think conversations like this is, are healthy and are needed. And the reason why is because what this this does is it sparks a curiosity for you to go and study God's word, to look at the specifics. Because you'd be surprised there are people that just they just read it, and it's a check off the list. By but the it, way, you're speaking to people who are still listening. Yeah. So I was gonna well, say if right, if, if they think it's pointless, right. but they're still listening, there's a little bit of a That's paradox. True. In That's that. true. Yeah. But uh, what it, at least it did for me is it made me say, okay, now I'm gonna go study yeah. Hebrews and see the differences yeah and it it does it's it starts and then you start learning more as you're studying it in this adventure of trying to figure out who the author is and so i think it's healthy and i think it's necessary and it should spark that curiosity to study god's word i just have to I wonder think so. where jude got his information from he was extremely learned oh definitely where the heck did he learn definitely he but you know jude was inflamed about some stuff that mm-hmm. that those that epistle of jude yeah he was I mean, it, it yeah. that book was written just shortly after the, after the death of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and he just and became Jude, a believer too. Yes, he was he a had. believer. That's correct. And he was inflamed about how many false apostles and a, and apostates were surfacing, and he was just very very incensed by that. And uh, and so he had some uh, fire in his bosom when he wrote Jude. Mm-hmm. To so say the least. That. Well, that's going to be the the wrap up for this episode. Again, thanks for listening all the way through with us here. If you're listening to us now, um, always a pleasure to uh, be able to talk through these things and throw me for a loop at least. Um, again, you're listening to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We always appreciate some sort of feedback, <laughs> five stars, you know, a plus, whatever it is, um, or questions, right? Because questions like these are what prompt a thorough and exciting discussion um me speaking in a monotone like this does not lead to exciting but uh thank <laughs> that's you just that's how jay talks that's it <laughs> when, when i'm when i'm when i'm just blown away beyond belief yeah that's kind of what i talk like cause yeah I, my brain's spinning out a million miles a minute um uh, with that we'll thank you for listening t- tuning in to the cherishing scripture podcast um and we'll see you next time great discussion guys